This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 25. I'm Canyon Clark here with Nate Burgess, Scott Clark, and Jeff Fry. We have the whole crew back together, finally. Uh, it's been a while. Jeff's been kind of busy. That or he's just been too good for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. Designated for assignment. Oh no, that's out on assignment. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, so we're back from the Deer Classic, which I thought was a really good show. I know we talked about it a little bit, but you guys got any other thoughts on on that whole deal um we gave jeff kind of the rundown a little bit but i was pleasantly hey we missed a tornado by a few miles unfortunately mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. it was a bad deal for some people and, mm-hmm. and seven of them lost their life i believe uh, but it was close mm-hmm. but we missed it and we had a good show <clears throat> so like we said like you know last week there was some really cool stuff there and some big names and I'm definitely going to try to get us back up there next year. Maybe Jeffrey can go with us if he's off his normal job. I mean, by that time, we might be making enough money. We'll just, you you have to work your real job. Yeah, okay. I'll keep working. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't hold my breath, though. Don't change your schedule. No, I ain't going to. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, but. Well, somebody's got to stay here and hold down the fort in case you get blown away by a nader. That's a fact. That could happen. Yes. So, tonight. But we're going to uh, talk a little bit about what's coming up as far as the podcast goes. Uh, we'll talk about just kind of some updates on what we've been seeing from the deer uh, around here. And then, like I said, didn't really find anything in the in the magazine that I wanted to cover tonight. There's definitely some articles we're going to do covering up, uh, coming up, excuse me. And then one of them, like we'll get started on, uh, we're going to do Steve Shirk's article on shed hunting and i want to try to get him back on because I, I don't know what your thoughts were nate but i thought he was really good the first time he came in knowledgeable oh yeah and uh, had a lot of good stuff to add so we'll try to get him on and talk about his article but i don't know what you thought about him the last time i mean i know you thought kind of similar as i did but oh yeah um he's doing something that uh, uh gosh i'd say there's no way in the world i could do hunting public land white tails in the mountains out there and killing them you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, we could hunt them, but I don't know about the latter part yeah. of that. My goodness, I'd stumble around by the road probably the whole time. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and you know, with the shed hunting, there was some stuff in there where he talked about that we can use on the private ground for sure. Even the last time we had him on, but especially with the shed hunting, a lot of that stuff will carry over uh, to your private ground and stuff like that. So I think it'll be good to have him on for that. I don't oh yeah, know, I don't know if you guys will be able to make it or not, but. Uh, I know you listened to it. Were you able to listen to that one at all? No. He was, I thought he was pretty good. I don't know what you thought. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. And he's a yep. pretty, he's a pretty regular contributor. So right. he's got a lot of knowledge on a lot of different topics. He's been doing it for a long time. Started out with, what did he tell us? It wasn't pheasants. Some kind of bird. Oh, yeah. Grouse. Yeah. He started grouse. out guiding for grouse yeah. up there. I don't know if I've ever seen a grouse. I haven't either. Of course, I live in Pennsylvania. Apparently, there's a yeah. lot of them up there. We got a lot of post quails around here. I wonder if he knows what a post quail is. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have him back on, so that'll be good, I think, um, sometime in the next couple weeks. You're going to have to get with him and line out a date. Um, we were going to try to get Dusty on tonight. We talked about him a little bit before. I would mentioned he was going to be on uh, Dusty Wood. <laughs> He's a local deer slayer. Um, 
he does a lot of coyote hunting too, a lot of shed hunting, everything we like to do. So I think he'll be a really good guest to have on. Like I said, we're going to try to have him tonight, but maybe get him on next week or the week after that even. And he might even have some good stories from his old man about you guys hunting back in the day. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get Richard on for the yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, that, he would be a good one to have on. He would. Yeah, if we could get him to do it. If we could get him to do it. That would be a time. Yeah, that'd be a hoot. Yeah, I don't know if we could stand it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, when we get Dusty, I'll talk to him about it and see if Richard would be interested in coming on. Or you could talk to him. But those are some guys we're looking at. And then, actually, I was talking to a guy today, and I want to get this right, so I'll look at the text message he sent me. We were talking about possibly working with the guy on some stuff. And at the same time, I was typing up... Uh, a text message to send him about the podcast if he wanted to check it out. He was typing this message that said uh, they have a podcast called Between the Tines, and they draw three to 5,000 listeners. So we're going to try to do something with those guys, too, as far as a collaboration, whether it's we'll jump on with them during a podcast or something and record. They do. He said they're they're pretty booked up, usually like a couple months out, but if we wanted to do an off night. So since they record on Tuesdays, I think. So we record on Thursdays, so... We may be able to jump on with those guys sometime in the near future. He said we could get on there with them and do something. So that'd be a, I think it'd be a good way for us to help them out and them to help us out and talk with some more guys who obviously are interested in the same things we are. They got an Uncle Cy like we do. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Everybody's got an Uncle Cy. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I'm gonna just Uncle Jeff, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I know they don't have an Uncle Jeff. <laughs> Ain't nobody got an Uncle Jeff. One Jeff. and only. It's just a shame they didn't get to see him up there in Iowa. Ain't it? They no. wouldn't know what to think. No. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have had a chance. Uh-uh. <laughs> but that's some stuff we got coming up that I think is pretty exciting. And I'm going to start listening to those guys and find out what they're all about. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, obviously, they got a pretty good following already. So that'll be fun. But as far as, you know, what we've been seeing, Nate, I know you talked about You'd mentioned something about seeing a buck still carrying at least one side. Yeah, I and saw. Then, and then uh, you got some info the other day about some more bucks still carrying. Yeah, uh, I saw one horn tonight. This is Jan- uh, January, March 10th. Um, he's still holding tight to one of them. Uh, surely he's not uh, been lopsided for too long. But anyway, I uh, saw one coming home tonight. Then the neighbor, he saw, I don't know, a bunch, probably 10 bucks Uh well, we were in Iowa, so that was last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, fourth, somewhere in there, he said uh, he saw like ten bucks. Sent me a quick video of them. They didn't look to be huge or anything. There were some uh, uh, either does or bucks that already shed out there with them. You know, field full of deer, uh, but there could have been some bigger bucks that already shed their horns. You know, mm-hmm. out there, and then them little guys were still holding tight. Uh, but gosh, <clears throat> that cornfield would be a great spot to look here. Yeah. Oh, another two or three weeks. There's that many bucks hanging around there. Yeah. They're sure to drop them somewhere close, you would think. Yeah. If they're spending that much time there in that bigger group of them. Um, what about you guys? Been seeing anything or hearing anything as far as, you know, deer still holding there? I haven't been out since we, was it last week, 10 or 12 days ago, we went mm-hmm. and walked that property that Jeff's hunting there. Didn't see anything as far as sheds. It really wasn't shed hunting per se, but. No, it was scouting slash shed and right which is know. a good thing to do i mean if you're going to do one you might as yeah, well yeah i mean well we are we set up a plan on where to put where i want to put a deer stand at and mm-hmm. stuff you know and you know and i've actually found a couple of good places that we 
on that little property that we overlooked, you know, yeah. late summer where me and you walked it and looks really good for uh, late season hunting or whatever. So, yeah, you know, we got some ideas just from that. And we didn't see no deer, didn't see no sheds, but we found some trails and stuff we didn't know was there. So it was a good time out. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you can get out and walk, whether you find sheds or not, like yeah. you said, you can figure something out. And just because we walked it during the summer, just because you walk something before and come up with a plan, don't think you got it all. No. We missed, you know, we missed stuff. There's just so much more you can see right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's different patterns the deer are on that you're going to see different trails and stuff. So yeah. it's good to get out and walk to do that. And if you're going to do that, you might as well look for sheds. And if you're going to be shed hunting, you might as well look for that stuff. Well, we're still going to try to get out and do some walking here sometime in the near future um, and figure some of that stuff out, see what we got going on on your place. And then on our small piece, there's some things I want to do there. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that on here a little bit. Yeah. But, and then do some shed hunting as well. So, yep. Um, have you walked that? I know you said you had a neighbor walk that here yeah, a couple me, weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, me and Chris walked it uh, oh, recently. Uh, on a Tuesday, I don't know, probably before we left for Iowa, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of trails. Uh, gosh, they were they were definitely in there. Uh, but Cutting I think through that CRP. Yeah. 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 Um, and then down on the creek, man, they ran the creek everywhere. But I mean, I uh, like I said, I got this place I call the Sprout Patch. That's where they go in the winter, mm-hmm. um, and they were very obviously there this winter. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, trails everywhere, beat down in the mud. You know, um, just like I expected. Uh, but apparently they've went over to the neighbors, and that's where all of them are staying in that cornfield now. You know, right. uh, where he sent me that video the w- other day. Winter time, as in after hunting season, after uh, you stop hunting, or just yeah, uh, late season. Late season. Um, I'd say January, uh, mid December, and on. That's when my activity seriously picks up down there in the sprout patch. Uh, of course, that's when it gets the coldest. You know, right? Well, uh, that's why kind yeah, of what I was getting at. Yeah, uh, they uh, they go down there. It's low. Uh, lots of thermal cover uh, close to them, you know, uh, thickets, uh, hillsides sloping down in there. I mean, that's that's where they can stay the warmest, you know. And then, uh, gosh, you can see everything head high and lower in there uh, is gone. They've browsed everything, you know, everything that's green. They've browsed it all off. Uh, so, yeah, that's where they spend what I'd call late winter uh, down there. But now they're back out in the cornfields over on the neighbor. Uh, they come out there way early in the evening, you know. Uh, out there eating, picking over whatever they can. Mm-hmm. You running any cameras down there? Nah, uh, not now, not now. I picked them up. Oh, I think we picked them up uh, mid January, mid to late January. I think uh, batteries ran out. I think mm-hmm. just after the first of the year down there. Uh, of course, after I killed that buck, I didn't hunt anymore. After I killed him, that was uh, that was my season right yep. there. Killing him, uh, hung it up. Yep, uh, but uh, if I'd have kept batteries in that camera, uh, I think I would have probably seen more deer. Uh, of course, I had that one decent buck, yeah. uh, a pretty good buck come back in mm-hmm. uh, uh, mid-December. Um, but he wasn't down there in the sprout patch. He was staying up there in the north woods. Uh, he kept hitting that uh, one little food plot pretty regular. I don't know where he might have been staying up there. Um, it, was, it wasn't terrible cold there in December, though, late. No. I mean, maybe no. a snap or two, but not really something you'd yeah. want to just hunker down on. Yep. Um, so he could have been okay up there. Uh, with that said, he could have been okay up there. Um, but I, uh, at that time of the year, I normally don't have any bucks move in that I can mm-hmm. think of in years past. But he did, yeah. you know. But uh, age, 
age structure uh, of the Bucks changed big time right there in gun season. Man, we put a hurting on them. Yeah, on the big Bucks. <laughs> uh, us and the neighbors. Yeah, things yeah. change a lot. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, that's good that you're shooting them because you're getting the bigger deer. For once, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at least you're advancing the younger age class. Yeah, and yeah. If you're killing four and a half and five and a half year old deer, you at four and a half they've reached like ninety percent of their potential on a rack on average. But if you're killing a three and a half and two and a half, you really haven't seen what you've got yet. So if I mean if you're gonna kill a lot of your deer, if you're killing the four and a half and five and a half, that's kind of a good way to do it. And you did have quite a few younger bucks around there too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Where we're at here in Kansas, right? Absolutely. There's, there's yeah, nothing right. wrong with killing them the fours and them fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it's going to be interesting to see if your buck comes back, your target buck from this year, what he'll be. Because I think he was probably four and a half at best. Yeah. And he could really, if he was only at that 90% or if he wasn't quite there. Because, you know, that's just an average. Some mm-hmm. of them aren't even that. He could really be something Oh yeah. special next year. Yeah. Now, I mean, he was a good buck this year. What, what do you think? Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's an eight-point mainframe and then had that drop time, so... You know, Probably 130. He's upper 130s, though, 140s, which is a good for a eight point. Well, and he had that drop time, which really yeah. made him special anyway. Yeah, but it'd be yeah I've never I've never harvested a drop time buck. That's always been one of my... That's yeah, a bucket list deal, for me, too. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, there he was on camera, and, and I had him, you know, a little over 25 yards, but then they wasn't able to pull it off, and yeah... I, got the old heart pounding a little bit yeah it'll be cool to see like you said you didn't really uh you didn't see him after that did you nope after never saw him after that yeah if he's still there be could be interesting to see what he turns into <clears throat> and there's another uh nice eight point i mm-hmm. don't think he's quite as old as that deer he probably what three and a half yeah two and a half or three and a half i'd say he's two and a so half i'm thinking about <clears throat> and uh you know he's got good good potential and i've seen him after shotgun season on my camera so i know he's at least made it through that made it through that and so, you know, there I don't have a lot of bucks down there. You know, they kind of just come and go. They don't stay. But, you know, you time that right, I think there's potential to see some good bucks in there. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about some turkey hunting. You going to try to do any That's of that? coming up. I'm going to try to do it in October. Okay. Well, you probably didn't put in for tags, did you? <clears throat> no. You should have. Well, I should. Yeah. Is that? I don't even have a turkey gun. You can use your bow. You, can you got a crossbow. What more do you need? Five dollar bow tag. Yeah. Yeah. Not during shotgun that's season. That's not Wayne. That's not Wayne County, is it? Huh? That's not Wayne County, is it? No, it's not Wayne County. Okay. Well, that's all I got. I should have got a tag for down there. Yeah, you, you should. You should have. I don't. You're the one who's got tags. You got Nate. I just got one this year. I'm with you. Uh, I hate to think about killing more than oh one. I hate to think about try more than more. that, or is that just what you nah, stopped at? I forgot. People text me, "Hey, you need to put in. It's first lottery." It texted me like a month later. Did you put in? No, I sure didn't. They said we'll put in now because it's second lottery. I never put in till third. So yeah, course, I did the same thing. Of course, I got a fifth season tag. Is this that's like the leftovers? What's that? That's the leftovers of fifth season. Uh, now the fifth season is two. It takes in two weekends, right? It encompasses two weekends. It's the longest season. Yeah, I think it's nine days. Yeah. What days is that? Ooh, I don't know. Mine's the fifteenth <laughs> through the twentieth, but I don't remember which season that is. Oh, you'd probably be, be the third one. Probably. Well, that's what I was thinking. Probably. The only one I put in for. And I guess there's guys I've talked to. There's some kind of happy medium on where you get the birds before they're too pressured. Yeah. Uh, but late enough that they're kind of more in heat 
uh, rutting a little harder. Rutting, I guess. I don't know what you call it. Dirtiness. Strutting. I guess so. <laughs> Horning. Yeah. Strutting and a rut. Essentially. Or rutting yeah. and strutting. Rutting and strutting. Whether yeah. they're a little more responsive to calls. Yeah. And then I guess even like with fifth season, maybe you can get... Because like early, the same way with bucks and deer, is when you're in the heat of the rut, there's so many does in, they don't have to go very far. Mm-hmm. So like in the middle of that turkey season... You paying attention to this, Jeff. Yeah. In the middle of the turkey season, most of the hens are coming to the toms, the way I understand it. Yeah. But as you get later, there's less uh, hens that are in. So if you get a hen call, maybe the toms will be responsive. I don't know if you've had that. That's just what I've heard from some guys. I don't know if you've had that experience at all or not. Um, uh, I ain't never been able to figure out what goes through a turkey's mind. He gets the pick any... of the litter anyway. What are you talking yeah. about? He doesn't worry about stuff like that. The, these things, man, <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> these turkeys, man. I sometimes you think this has got to be one of the most brilliant animals there is in the woods, and then other times you're thinking, "Wow, how do these things survive when it rains?" <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of times, I've had my best luck just later in the morning. Yeah. I mean, first thing, no matter what, first thing off the roost, you might get lucky and pull one of those non-dominant birds to you. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, if he ain't got a girlfriend that he sees just immediately, he's going to come try to find you. Yeah. Because he's getting real anxious that he's just going to be left out for the day. <laughs> yep. You know. Um, but later in the morning, I've had better luck. Those hens will leave him. You know. Uh, some of my best hunts, I've got up, I've set to roost, and things didn't go my way. I'd go eat breakfast, uh, drive around the block, find where they went, find what field they went to, you know, and then mess with them from there. Mm-hmm. Set up um, on them from there. Yep. First season, a lot of times first season can just be too cold. They just don't want to do much. They ain't, they ain't talking, you know. Yeah. Uh, fifth season, doggone, you got to go out there through the jungle with the machete and you got to <laughs> fight mosquitoes. the skeeters and the ticks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of times that's not enjoyable either, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, when it gets warmer, uh, I don't feel like they gobble as good either there in fifth season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like everybody's been blasting at them, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all their buddies ain't around. They're like, hey, something's something going on. is wrong. The <laughs> shot I ever had a turkey with a bow was in the fall. It was turkey season, you know. I I actually had I had a permit. I'd bought one. I was hunting down there on the river, and I climbed this tree. <clears throat> it was the first time I'd been in that area, but we kind of knew what was going on. And I ain't kidding you. There was turkeys in the roost in a tree 10 yards from me. If I had been if I had been unethical, I could have picked off three and they'd have never left the roost. I Fortunately mean, it, for them, you're an ethical kind of guy. Yes, I am. I waited till it got daylight, and there's turkeys up there, and they start flopping around a little bit, and they don't move. They start flopping around a little bit. And I'm thinking, well, just fly down. I can shoot you if you land on the ground, right? Well, you know what happened. They flew off and landed where I couldn't shoot them anymore, and I thought, well, Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're chalk one. Yeah, I chalk one out. But yeah, that's closest I could have shot a turkey with a bow, and I haven't done that yet. I haven't always bought a permit, but I was legal. I had a permit because, and I really didn't know there was turkeys in that area. We'd been hunting another uh, piece that there was turkeys on. Had no idea. I was, and of course, as soon as you start climbing a tree, you kind of realize you're in that area because you start hearing things and stuff. And then when it got daylight, but it didn't happen. But so I've never actually killed one with a bow yet. That's hard to do, especially when you're a stand, because they were looking up from the day they were born. I had one <clears throat> one time, it had to have been November, I'm pretty sure, because I was wearing my tree bark bibs, 
um, and I had a doe like 10 yards away and I start hearing walking. It doesn't exactly sound like a deer from behind me and it gets man right underneath the tree. And of course I can't move cause I got this doe over here that's going to see me. And I just turn like barely turn my head and look and there's a Tom standing almost right under the tree, which they never do when you're in a tree stand. So I look back at him like that and he took about two more steps and then he saw me and boy, he turned around and Bam, he was gone. I mean, like that. If turkey could smell like a deer, you'd never kill any of them. That's right. Yep. I've only killed one with a bow. Uh, it was opening weekend. I was, I don't know, 14 or 15, a long time ago, uh, opening weekend of bow season, sitting up in a tree. I heard this commotion coming, and there's turkeys just picking their way through the brush coming toward me. And I kept thinking, wow, that one hen is just enormous. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what's going on with her, but, like, I want to shoot her, you know, compared to all these other ones. She's huge. Looking back, that was just uh, the mother hen, and it was her bullets, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys was little, you know, um, coming through there. And they got up to about 25 yards. I thought, well, I'm going to have to try it. And I pulled back. Pretty much all of them seen me, you know. They started scattering and circling. But this one, he just stood there like a statue. I was like, you're it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I shot him. Natural selection. Yeah. Yep. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Pinned him to the ground. Um, I mean, he didn't do nothing. You know, I mean, he just flopped his wing just a time or two, just just yep. a little. I was like, well, that was really cool, you know. I got down. I bet you that thing didn't weigh seven or eight pounds. <laughs> no kidding. He's tiny. <laughs> like a roasting hen. <laughs> Stuff him in like your boot. Like a breast. Stuff him in your boot and go to the truck. Uh-huh. You know? Like, that was a turkey hey, turkey's sa- a turkey. That was a turkey sandwich. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. A turkey's been, a turkey. I went turkey hunting in the spring twice. And <clears throat> the first time was early season. And I sat through a dadgum blizzard. Like it froze to death. And then the second time was late season. I got attacked by 2,000 turkey mites. Mm-hmm. And so I never went turkey hunting in the spring again. I was just done with it. You know, I'm not doing this. Two bad experiences in a row. I wasn't going to tempt fate and go for a third. <laughs> yeah. But I have shot a turkey during deer season with my bow when I used to hunt the river down there. And it was a, ni- it was a nice turkey, nice young Jake. And a whole bunch of them come through, and he just happened to be the dumbest one to get close to me. And I <laughs> yeah. shot him. Well, when you know it, the river was up, and I shot him, and I watched him run off a few feet, and then I watched him and my arrow go flying across the river. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that was the last I saw of him. And I'm like, I'm done. I fat screw these turkeys. I don't like eating them that well anyway. Yep. <laughs> so, man, you know, sometime I'd like to get, like I said, when we do another podcast. And when we do one sometime in April, maybe right there around turkey season, I'd like to talk more about that and maybe get someone on who's a real turkey hunter, like a guest that we could talk to. Yeah. Not that. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Not that Nate isn't, but the rest of us maybe lack in that department a little bit. Anyway, and speaking of Nate, he had had to step out so he can get to work early in the morning. So we're going to try to do the rest of it without him if we can hold it down. I think my turkey hunting is going to be consistent to a sneak attack during deer season. <laughs> yeah. Well, you better buy that $5 permit. I probably will this time. I yeah. would. Well, you know, I got my big Democratic uh, tax return back, so. <laughs> yeah. I can loan you the money. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you need a five spot. I don't know. That'd be over a dollar, or that'd be a gallon of gasoline right now. Mm-hmm. Better hang on to that $5. <laughs> yeah, that's no joke. You know, speaking of that and the prices of everything going up, talking to some guys that we're going to be doing work for. Makes you think about that. The price of food plots 
It was going to be going way up. Not that they were cheap before to do them right, but, you know, and I was talking to a few of them about looking at some alternatives for fertilizers and stuff. Um, and even the liquid fertilizers have gone up some, but if you want something to hold you over, you know, that may be a good option. I know they make some pretty good, they're not replacements, but they're alternatives for fertilizers uh, and even nitrogen that you can spray along with your chemicals or whatever. It's just the liquid stuff that you mix up and spray like you would Roundup, and it might act, it might get you through for however long it takes to get the prices of stuff back down where you can actually get your soil uh, well, at fixed. Least you, at least you might stabilize, get get you by till you stabilize the price. It, it yeah. may or may not ever get to where it was, back down to where it was, but um, you might be able to hold out for a year or two just to see where it's going to stabilize that, and then, then you might have to bite the bullet later. And but. it may just be a, a supplement thing, too, where if you want to get some fertilizer and then use that liquid to get you up to where you need to be for this year and then add more fertilizer next year so you can kind of build your way towards where you need to be but still use that liquid stuff to get your crops where they need to be for this year. That's assuming you're close to where you're at where you want to be to start with if, if you're not close you're just going to have to bite it right well yeah and that's what i'm saying you know if you and it but it may be one of those things where you can at least maybe you do half of it this year and then you do some liquid stuff on top of it or you just let it be what it's going to be you might just have to lower your expectations for what your plots are going to be if you don't want to spend ungodly amounts of money on the like fertilizer you're making stupid stuff. money like uncle jeff there mm-hmm. <laughs> working man you know uh, uh also you can rotate your crops especially if you're if you're uh using uh farm grain crops like uh corn takes nitrogen out of the ground Mm -hmm. while soybeans push nitrogen back in same as clover so you know you can kind of rotate that around and maybe help balance things out a little bit yeah and that's another thing i talked about with some people you know especially if your organic matter is low and some new plots and stuff they make some good soil building mixes even just buckwheat uh, it pulls, mm-hmm. I want to say it pulls the potassium out and makes it more readily available. And then if you throw some clover now and adds a lot of nitrogen, mm-hmm. actually add it more than soybeans, I think, per yeah. pound. Yeah. And um, there's definitely, like you said, some things you can do. Now the price of seeds going up too, but I don't think it's gone up to the same increases the fertilizers and the chemicals have. So, right. but, and then like a thing like a buckwheat, some kind of summer cover crop for you to go in and plant in the fall. You know, that'll also help with those weeds, so you don't have to spend as much money on chemicals. So there's a lot of ways you can help cut that cost, but it's definitely going to be something to look at for this year. Because it's, it's not going to be cheap to do them the right way. No. And especially if you're looking at doing new plots. Yeah, we ain't doing mine the right way. <laughs> We're going to... You can you can do it the right way. It, it's We're going to well, do it without yeah, the chemical expense and I shouldn't say expense. it. I shouldn't say it not the right way, right. but yeah. You know. A different way, an alternative way. Yes, we're going maybe green. Not produce maybe not yeah. produce your hundred percent expectations, but maybe ninety percent or eighty five percent. If you, and you can live with that. Yeah, you know, if you can't live with that, pull out the billfold, pony up the money, mm-hmm. get to your hundred percent. Yep. And I no, think, I think. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to talk about yours. You go ahead. <laughs> no, I just think on mine. You know, I'm going to rotate crops on part of that ground, mm-hmm. and then. uh you know there's like you said there's different alternatives um i'm not a big fan of green but i mean I guess goes oh, now i guess that's be- well except for money the green but, new deal or what? <laughs> but you know 
I guess that's an age thing, but um, I can see with the prices of everything going up and that it's going to get to where you're going to have to go a different different mm-hmm. uh, direction yeah. with this stuff. And and if you do your research in that, and which you know we're trying to do, figure out the best alternatives, you know, to get around the price right. price increases on everything, you know, I, I think we'll have some good results. It's just going to take a little time to get a program going and figure yeah. out what works best and where. Yep, and it won't be like we can get the soil right where it needs to be this year. It'll, nah. be, it'll be a process. It'll but be a process. We'll still be able to raise a good enough crop on it. Yeah, and, you know, I think we will. I'm, I wouldn't I'm, call that a new plot, though. No, it's an established plot that you may have let go for a couple of years, but you're not yeah. clearing new ground. It's not like we're clearing woods and, and, going and trying to right, all right, over. right. So <laughs> it might. It's, it's probably going to be easier for you to maybe spend a little less money. Just right off the top, or, anyway. Maybe do a, a few less things, just yeah. spend more money. Maybe right. do a few less things than what I I wouldn't necessarily want to do if I was going to open up a whole three acres of brand new plot. Right. If We're, I'm going to open up a whole new three acre plot, I'm probably going to spend forty to fifty percent more money now than what I would have last year. Mm-hmm. I just have to figure that I'm going to do it. Cut my plot in half. I mean, if if I'm on a budget, a plot budget. I'm just going to have to cut my plot and have to do it right. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Yep. And we're going through that with, uh, not exactly that, but the new plot thing with the client right now. We got their soil test back, and it's pretty much what you expected for, a, you know, somewhere in the woods. Not a lot of organic matter. Pretty low on all MP and K. Uh, one of them is decent, a little bit better than I actually expected. But we're looking at what it's going to cost to go in and do all the fertilizer it needs and the liming it needs. And then go in and uh, as far as the the seed and all that some alternatives to it what could we do to cut the cost a little bit just some different options to look at making it easier on them as far as you know the price goes because some people have the money where they don't have to worry about it a lot of people like us you know just working class guys wanting to shoot big deer and you know having a little trouble justifying spending that kind of money on it and also uh i got a well i got a buddy of mine He's got 200 and some rabbits, and he is getting into, uh, har- I'm not going to say harvesting, but uh, taking their waste, you know, their manure, mm-hmm. and he's looking into ways to grind that up and turn that into fertilizer. Because right now, the market for rabbit fertilizer for or rabbit manure as fertilizer for these people in the city and that that has their small gardens it's going through the roof. They're yeah. getting away through from traditional fertilizer and stuff and going into that. And so, you know, I've been talking to him about it and not that he would be able to keep up with our demands. Right. But it's something that, you know, it's a natural fertilizer, it's high in nitrogen and stuff and organic. Yeah. You know, and so you know, a person can look into that as a substitute. You know, if you got um, how many ranchers do you know has cattle barns that wants to clean out their cow manure barns? Right. You know, yep. you know, it's no more work. It's not always the cleanest work, right? But you know, there's ways. There's other substitutes for yeah. for this commercial fertilizer that we buy. But that's again, when we get to- closer towards planting season, I want to talk about more of that, uh, the seed blends and stuff. Because right now, 
you're getting into that time to put the start putting the fertilizers down and thinking about that. And if you're going to like we're going to do on a couple places, if you're going to work the ground a first time to get the weeds coming up so you can spray them, uh, we're getting pretty close to that time too. But right now, you know, and a thing you can be doing and into June and over the summer is the supplemental feed and the minerals and stuff. Which leads us into the new sponsor, Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. Um, they're deer hunters just like all of us here who are looking to get more out of minerals and feed that the existing market offered at the time when they started all this. Um, they developed Rack's products through years of research, and they came up with one of the best mixes available, and it'll improve your herd health overall. We've talked about that before with minerals. You're definitely not going to be hurting anything. Antler growth comes from excess, so if you've got all your food plots and stuff lined up, if you've got enough food, mineral, you're really going to see a benefit from minerals, I think, in that aspect. Even if you don't have all that stuff and you're running minerals, supplemental feed, you're still there's still going to be some benefit there because it's going to help them get to that point of anything over that will be excess. So you come up with this to improve your herd's overall health and at the same time, not feeding non-target species like raccoons. Guy told me he's been running this stuff, hasn't had a coon in his feeders for seven years. So you're not going to be out there wasting money feeding all the local coon population and the possums and the squirrels and whatever else gets in there. Um, they've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. Um, you guys, this is a way you can support us. Go on there. Uh, they have a website raxmineral.com it's r-a-k-s mineral.com you can use discount code r-h-o-22 that's all caps r-h-o-22 at checkout and you'll get five percent off your entire order and then we will also be carrying them in the store when that opens up so when that does open you can stop by and see what we got in stock or you can make an order for anything we don't so that's rax big game supplements our first official sponsor of the ridge hunter outdoors podcast so first of all i mean that said i want to thank those guys for Working with them, we're, I'm excited to work with those guys some more, get their stuff in the store, and, and use it on our properties. Yeah, as well. I, I was going to say I'd like to try their stuff on on uh, our properties and and see if you know, hey, if you can, if you can put out that stuff and not feed the coons <laughs> yeah. and the squirrels. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know how they're doing it, but if they're doing it, <clears throat> yep. I'm all for it. Yeah, that's right. And anytime we can help, you know, a veteran known company Absolutely. that's got the same goals and, and ideas that we do, I'm all for it. So appreciate those guys with that and like i said they got some good products i've already done some obviously i did research on them because like i said before i'm not gonna promote anything on here that i wouldn't use on my own property that i wouldn't want to use so go check them out like i said you can use that discount code and get five percent off and you'll be supporting us too because that's how he knows you guys heard about him through us and if you guys want to support the podcast in other ways you can go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com and get your food plot seed on there. We've got our own mix of clover and chicory that we really like. Um, we've got some other brands, the other big brands, Ant Logics, Antler King, Whitetail Institute, Killer Food Plots. Um, if you find some, can't find what you want on there, send us a message. I'll try to help you out, get you some seed. And I can try to get it a little better cost than what you're going to get it from uh, some of these other places. And again, you're supporting small business rather than the local Walmart, big box stores, anything like that. Um, and then when we do open the store, you guys can stop in there, save some money on shipping because it was high anyway, and that's gone up just like everything else. So that's coming up as well. Another way, follow us if you're listening on Spotify. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a comment if you like it. If you don't like it, whatever. And then same thing on Apple Podcasts. You guys can go there, leave a review. 
one through five stars. You can comment on there and tell us how good or bad we are. And if you ever have any questions or anything you want us to cover, because I still want to do a Q&A. Get rid of Uncle Jeff. <laughs> yeah. If you, I still want to do a Q&A podcast one of these days. So if you got any questions, feel free to reach out through there, through the website, whatever it may be. But that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.